0: and Scholars. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. My name is Nicoletta Heidegger and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week I'm super excited to welcome Sophia Alexandra and Courtney Kosak. Courtney is a Los Angeles-based writer, podcaster, and comedian. And Sophia is a writer, comedian, and badass breast cancer survivor whose advice on sex and travel has been featured in Men's Health, The Strategist, Betches.com, and I just love this line, and anywhere men need help finger. <laughs> together they <host> the pod- <laughs> together they host the podcast private parts unknown which is a comedy travel podcast that uncovers stories and love and sexuality around the world welcome thank you for thank having you so us. much for having us Most importantly, they're also part of the Pleasure Podcast Collective that I'm a part of where we have an awesome family of great sex and relationship podcasters. So if you haven't checked it out already, go to pleasurepodcast.com. But basically, probably the coolest thing that both of you got to do pre-quarantine, maybe the last cool thing that all of us got to do, um, was go on a trip to Tokyo. And among other things, you got some happy ending massages um, so I'm really upset about this
1: because I went to Tokyo <laughs> before and I did not know that this was an option. Oh girl, we're going to actually, we, we, this Sophia thought of this idea, but we're like, we need to get together like a whole group of girls and go back over and just make it a thing. Make it like sex, official sex tourism
2: group. What happened is when we got back and we like mentioned it to any of our girlfriends, they were like, wait tell us everything. And then a bunch of, I kept getting all these, I was on a group text with other girl comedians all over the country. And they were all being like, just talk to my husband. He's in another one being like, Oh, we've never had a conversation about this, but turns out he'd be cool with it. If I'd be cool with it. And turns out I'm cool with it. And it's been amazing. All the feedback we've been getting. So then Courtney and I were talking and I was like, dude, let's do like a group of, let's take a group of women and, and all get jerked off together, like a jerk off coax and self take you to get jerked off in Tokyo. Totally.
1: And actually it happened because it is the type of thing that doesn't occur to you. Right. When you're over there, I mean, as a woman, I was doing other sex stuff there, but I didn't know that that was there. Oh yeah. But I feel like for the average woman, like you're, you're not necessarily even in the headspace of, oh, I'm going to buy sex. <laughs> it's just not as common. And so we were actually dared into doing this by this super cool Japanese reporter that we were interviewing, like a 30-something similar in age to us. And at the end of the interview, uh, but literally the night before this happened or the night that this happened... Uh, she, we were like, anything else that we should know? And she was like, yes, you guys should do this happy ending massage. She had interviewed, uh, escorts from this agency. And so it was just this really awesome synchronicity of events. And I feel so lucky that she, <laughs> she basically dared us to do it. The timing of the whole thing is wild too. Cause it was our last night
2: in Japan and then, you know, Corona was happening, but like no one knew the scope yet.
1: People were wearing masks and Soph and I were talking to people and everyone was trying to figure out how serious it was. So it's so funny in retrospect, cause we're like, yeah, it's, it was a big fucking deal, but we were just trying to figure it out at that point.
0: Wow. I mean, my version of sex tourism, um, I guess now and are growing up was trying to like hook up with a person from every country that I've visited. Um, but before we get into like all the fun stuff and the multiple orgasms, like, I would love to hear what your impression is of sex tourism. Cause I do feel like there's some folks out there who are like, oh, it's unethical. And I don't know, same, same thing for like sex work in the U S right. Like, which is consensual and which is trafficking. I and. Think-
2: I think there is um, the same kind of bias that we had before we engaged in sex tourism, which was, you know, maybe people are being exploited or maybe it necessarily means that um, something shady is going down and the sex workers uh, are not having a good time and are not there willingly. But that is actually the opposite of what we found in our experience. Literally thousands of men apply Mm -hmm. to have this job at this agency. So Courtney can tell you a little bit more about the screening process of how they get hired, but like, they love their jobs. You know what I mean? They are happy to be there. They're happy to get you off. And that's the only way I think you can enjoy sex tourism is if you know that the other person is also having a good time.
1: Oh yeah. These, I mean, I, Sophie said the same thing and I, I totally feel this way. I mean, it was pretty clear that the gentleman who was servicing me was having like, a great time. A great time. I don't even mean that as a brag. I just mean, like, he seemed very happy to have that job. And and they make pretty good money? Yeah. I think, yeah, it seems like they do. And, uh, you know, we felt really good about the situation because... Well, of Hiroko, course. Yeah, Hiroko... <laughs> <laughs> right, but on an ethical level. Hiroko yeah. had interviewed people from this company she had basically vetted the situation for us. So we could feel really confident that nobody was being exploited in the situation. And I feel like that's like game changer. And when we say sex tourism, we are saying it, I think a little tongue in cheek, because we didn't go over there intending to be sex tourists. That was not the point of the trip. Like we went over there to be sex positive podcasters and try to figure out, you know, how sex and relationships and sexuality work in Japan. And we just happened to discover this, you know, really cool. We had a happy ending to our trip. So,
2: but now it's like, it's just opened a whole door for us because we Mm -hmm. were talking about it and I was like, I would really like to try. And next time see if there's an agency where you can, a woman can hire a woman. And like, see what that experience is like and see what it's like in other countries. We're talking about Bangkok and like, see, yeah. you know, so it's kind of neat because this was like our gateway sex tourist uh, episode. You know what I mean? Like now on, we're like, oh, there's so much sex tourism stuff we could do, you know? No, yeah, oh, the yeah. opportunities are endless. I mean, I- I'm...
0: I'm surprised, actually, because when I went to Tokyo, I went to you, maybe you went there too, but it's like a seven story sex shop in like the gaming district. Oh, no, we missed it. I went there with friends two two other gals that I was visiting with. And we were the only girls in the sex shop in these seven stories. And every time we walked past mostly the at least male presenting people, they like gave us real dirty looks. They seemed not happy that we were there. And it seemed like this whole area that had these sex shops was like very male oriented. And so I'm curious, like, why do you think they have this so service? Yeah. Like, why do you think they have this service there when like, clearly I haven't found it here in the States. And if you've heard of it, please email me at slutsandscholars at gmail.com.
2: Please also email me the Sophia. <laughs> um, I mean, I know
0: there are people that do like body work or sexological body work, but not like... What you're describing
1: specifically, no, it's a totally unique I mean I've never heard of anything like this in the states, and it's really interesting that you say that because one of the things that we discovered in Japan that was sort of unrelated to this is uh you know there's a lot of patriarchal uh value systems still in place, way more so than here present day, you know, it feels more like the fifties kind of in terms of, you know, how gender things, roles. yeah, gender roles in, at work and, and kind of, it just bleeds into the whole culture. Right. And so we were surprised too, that there was this service, um, that was geared toward women when so much of their society is not geared toward women, but it, it does seem like there are some areas like, I am not surprised that you went into that sex shop and it didn't feel like it was for women because it seems like there are certain underground areas there that, that aren't necessarily,
0: you know what though? It could actually be a part of this patriarchal system potentially because maybe, I don't know that I have no idea about this, but if you're listening and do like, let me know. But I think, Maybe folks who are female bodied like feel uncomfortable to have ownership over their own pleasure. So the only way to get it is to have a dude give it to you.
2: Um, Well, I think what's funny and kind of maybe a little telling is that this is called health delivery, this service. Yeah, delivery. Because it's health. (laughs) Here's the thing that's really like the lens through which we actually kind of viewed it. Um, We didn't know what it was going to feel like, but what it felt like was getting like the dopest massage of all time. Not because massaging really was that much a part of it. But, but, <laughs> but it, it was, is, I mean, that's, there's a
0: lot of muscles in body. that area. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it was just such a whole body release and you felt so good after the same way you do after a massage that it makes sense. If you look at it as like a health service that, uh, you get to get off in a way that makes you feel good Uh, all of these positive things, all of the chemicals in your body that are flowing when that happens, all the release and the happiness and the joy you get from like doing something that's the ultimate form of self-care where it's like pleasure oriented and for a woman to be in charge of that for herself, Mm -hmm. I think is just so incredibly powerful that you could just get off from that alone, you know? So I think it is a very comfortable and like it's a delivery service, like they come to you. I love that. So it feels safer. So it's in your space, you're in charge, you know, it feels really uh, powerful and it
1: feels safe. And Japan is such a private culture, especially relative to ours. And another thing that we found there is uh, that our society is more guilt-based and theirs is more shame-based. And it makes sense to me that they would have a private delivery service that would send someone to your home because in your own space like anything goes you know what I mean it's not you don't have the guilt of religion that is keeping you from doing certain things it's just that you can't do it out in the open how did you make sure that you
0: were feeling safe like even though maybe they're coming to you like you were talking about this website, like what is the vetting process and just like safety all around. And that could be like emotional safety or physical safety and cleanliness of the toys and their tongues. And like,
2: I guess I thought uh, like in terms of safety, it was great that I did it with my best friend you know, not like at the same time. I was but just gonna say that.
0: Yeah, you were, you were next to each other, high fiving during. That? <laughs> I thought that's what it was
2: gonna be like, but apparently, me too. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like, do you watch um, Broad City? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is like how Alana would much prefer to like masturbate together and like have their love affair. And Abby's like, no,
2: (laughs) (laughs) we were both being, uh, just really like, no, if you were there, that'd be even more fun. But they were like, no, that's not how this works. We went one after another, but it was nice knowing that like Courtney was in the lobby while I was doing it. And then
1: vice versa, just like Soph was saying, I mean, it did make it feel so much more comfortable, that she was there. I knew she was a text away. And, uh, we were at a hotel, you know, it might feel a little bit different if you were by yourself at your home where someone knew where you lived. So in that case, like if I were a Japanese woman who is getting this done, I'd probably just have them meet me at a love hotel. Totally.
2: I think that is a great idea. And I would also recommend that if you're going to, um, do sex tourism stuff alone. Uh love hotel probably is a better idea than like your Airbnb or something.
0: And for people who don't know what is a love hotel.
2: Uh it's a hotel that you just go to uh have sex in because most um people in I Japan- like the
0: title love hotel as opposed to like I mean right. sometimes you want right. to have sleazy motel out. sex but like it <laughs> out hotel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Poon Puchan- town <laughs> in <laughs> Um, no, basically like a lot of people in Japan live in small quarters and like, and frequently, uh, maybe you live with your parents or your brother or roommate or whatever, and it's not really great. Or you can't be loud and free because, you know, you have neighbors. So in a love hotel, you know, you don't have to worry about it and you can go and a lot of them have different themes and you can go to a different room every time to try to do something fun and kind of spice it up from what we heard from Hiroko and a couple of other, uh, friends of ours. Like it's a cute thing for people to do. Yeah.
1: And you can just, you can rent them shorter term. So it's not, you know, as expensive as going to a regular hotel, but we also found those in Mexico city when we were there because same kind of situation Mm -hmm. where a lot of people live at home longer or are, are just living in more group situations for longer. My friend was telling me that when they went to
0: a love hotel in Mexico city, that, um, depending on like how much space the place has, but that each room has like a garage where, so people don't see who's at the love hotel when they're driving by like, smart.
2: One of the things that was cool about when we went to like a couple of the sex, uh, bars and stuff is that there's all these cars that are like black town cars, uh, that are waiting all night because it's um, Yakuza's drivers. So Yakuza yeah. members are inside like partying and drinking and doing, and like doing stuff, uh, cool sex stuff. And then their drivers are just waiting all night. It's kind of interesting. I
0: mean, no, it sounds more secret. I don't want to say secretive, but like, you know, like quiet. And like you said, this shame based thing. And contrary to like folks I know who go
1: to massage parlors in the States, you two checked with your partners first. Yes. Totally. I mean, we definitely, I think both of us felt like we really needed to do that before we just. I mean, probably because you were going to be talking about it on air. So then they, yeah. Even just, or because you're good people, whatever. Yeah. Kind of just because out of respect for my partner, like <laughs> I wanted to give him a heads up. And that's so nice of you. Yeah. But they oh, were definitely. so cool. They were so cool about it. We could not have asked for better reactions. So I've called her man first. Yeah and he
2: was just laughed and he goes, "Oh, go come." <laughs> I mean, I love it but
0: I don't want to say how do you convince them because I don't want people to feel like they have to be convinced, but like how did you frame it in I a know, way so said, that fear, pressure. How, <laughs> fear pressure. how can we frame it in a way that it's like more normalized for other people to say like, "Hey, I'm going to go get a full body massage like,
2: you know." Well, back, um, well, the thing I think that was helpful that was truthful is like I said, hey, so Courtney's boyfriend is letting her do it, just FYI. But also, I was like, this is for work. You know, I'm not like going on a date with this dude. He's just giving me a release and I want to do it for the podcast. It's educational, it's for work. Okay. And then Courtney.
1: Yeah. I. I mean, honestly, I was there when Sophia was having the conversation and it did not take that much convincing. It's not like she really had to lay out a thorough argument. She was kind of just like, (laughs) I want to do this. And he was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I texted my dude after that, kind of partly because I just wasn't talking on the phone there because I didn't want to pay for the plan. (laughs) So I sent him a free text. And I said I would like to get an erotic massage. Is that cool? Max said yes. Her, she was
2: saving her money for the coming.
1: <laughs> I mean, truly it would have been like a dollar to call him, but I'm so cheap. <laughs> um but yeah, he was he also was like uh, literally typed LOL. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, they were so cool about it and I think now it's a funny story that we tend to bring up when we're all together as a group. (laughs) And they're still pretty good natured about it. (laughs) It it sounds like a good
0: opportunity to like, open up that conversation, like you were saying, for your other friends to talk to their partners and
2: be like, Oh, I had no idea you'd be cool with this. Like, actually, I'm okay with it. Like, what else are we cool with? Exactly. It's, it's a really cool way to bring up, um, like what you can experiment with sexually in your relationship. And I also think that, um, basically like when we, uh, I just, our guys are really proud of us. I know that sounds corny, but like when, this got written up in Business Insider. Like Max came up to me and he was like, he read it. And he was like, "Oh, I'm so proud of you." <laughs> and the headline was like, you know, four orgasms and blah blah blah. What it's like to buy sex in Tokyo. But I love you, babe. Proud of you. And I think I Wade love that. What a right great partner. Too. Yeah, you should
1: yeah. be celebrating partners' pleasure. Wade Wade also had to listen to me listen to that literally probably four or five times as I was editing. <laughs> so he was listening to us, tell the story of getting the happy ending massage just a handful of times. And he was like, this is so good. <laughs> he would laugh at certain parts. I was like, "This, he's a keeper.
2: I love <laughs> that. You that. Know, man. That's how you know.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love those partnerships and the open communication is so wonderful. And how was it easy or difficult to like separate this physical release from a like romantic
1: connection or it felt so natural? So natural. Yeah. I, I mean, it didn't even register on the same scale necessarily. I mean, yes, it was erotic. It was, it was erotic. I told Sophia this, but it was erotic to even be, in the hotel with my best friend downstairs and, you know, a full moon outside and this dude, and thinking about, you know, other people in the scenario that aren't even related to this dude. You know what I mean? It wasn't romantic. It was erotic in that it was strange and it was something I had never done before and it felt good. But the next day I wasn't thinking about that dude. I was, even though he was awesome, I was thinking about, you know, like how cool my dude was and what we were walking on air. Like we were so high People on People don't the understand experience. how excited and happy we were afterwards. We
2: were out of control. Uh, when I got back and recorded what my other podcast, uh, 420 Day Fiance, Miles was like, my co-host was like, what is going on with you? <laughs> he's like, are you okay? Did you, did you do coke on the way here? I was like, no, it's orgasms.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Did you have to fantasize or I don't want to say, did you have to, but like, were you fantasizing during, or was yeah. just the physical sensation like enough, like a massage? I was totally well, in the moment. One thing
2: that we kind of share is that neither of us think of, uh, of anything when we come other than ourselves. So when we met, that's (laughs) (laughs) how we are. So we, when we compared notes afterwards, we were like, yeah, it was the same as always. Like just thought about me and like how great things are. Not really, I like, I don't think I could pick my dude out of a lineup. Like he was down there the whole time. I don't even know what his face looks like exactly. Like (laughs) I have looked at it on Twitter and been like, yes, that's it. But I, it's completely disconnected from uh, romance in any way. It is just sexy and sexual for you. Yeah. But that
0: energy is what I want people to take away from this too. In that like every time my partner and I have explored non-monogamy experiences, it, it usually hasn't been a threat. It always makes me feel like closer and like, wow, my partner is so cool that
1: they're supporting me in this. So to me, it like is better for the relationship. It's totally bonding. It's such a, it's the opposite of what you would expect. It's so interesting. And we have been talking about open relationships and polyamory on our show, you know, o- over the years. And it's so crazy to go through an experience that teaches, has taught us that, oh, maybe there's, maybe it's different than, maybe it's not as rigid as we thought it was. I mean, honestly, on the flight home, I was, Watching a porn. <laughs> I was watching a porn on the airplane of this. Couple. Was it
0: included in what was on the TV, or you had your own? <laughs>
1: <laughs> on my own phone, but that would be hilarious if it was like on the. <laughs> they don't your, have this shit in first class. Your complimentary entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, it was a couple that had hired a prostitute in Amsterdam, and they were having a threesome. And I was just so turned on to the possibilities. And, you know, no, our dudes didn't get off this time and they were very cool and gave us permission, but also it kind of opened the door to in the future, me and Wade doing something together, or if he wanted a happy ending massage, me being like, yeah, that's fine. I am not threatened by that in a way that before I would have totally been threatened by, I mean, completely, I would be like, why do you need that? You know?
2: Yeah. I think until you do it or for us, we didn't really understand why somebody would buy sex. And like in terms of sex workers, we have a ton of friends who are sex workers. And we interview sex workers all the time. Yeah. We are completely pro sex workers, never judgmental on that end. But I think we were judgmental towards the men that would buy like a happy ending massage it would be like, you know, whenever our comedian friends would like say, Oh, you know, I got that, we would be like, Oh, that's so sad. Like, that's so pathetic. It, why would buy that? And it's yeah. like, that's not at all what it is. There's fucking nothing sad about paying for comms. Nothing.
1: Totally. And I don't even know if it was always necessarily on a conscious level, but I totally think we had a bias about, Yeah, why would you need to do that? Why do you want to do that? And now it's not. Now I feel bad that I ever had those thoughts. <laughs> yeah, now you're those guys. Yeah, we are those guys. <laughs> and proud <Probably>. to be. <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, going to um, Sophia, one of your goals, it sounds like, in life is to help people finger better. And um, I can really appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, what can. What can we, what can you share or what can folks learn from like
2: how these people were approaching pleasure and touch? Um, so the fingering joke, by the way, is there because Courtney and I uh, talked about um, how to finger better for a men's health article. And so I that's that. why that's there. So we are equally. <laughs> it was a big hit.
1: It was a big hit.
2: <laughs> so if you want to know how to finger better, please check out um, that, that article. But I would love some so. tidbits to, uh, you know, start that appetite for
0: people to go check that out and for myself.
2: Yeah. 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 cox, do you want to start?
1: Uh, yeah. It's just like, you know, I think men need to be aware of the jabbing that sometimes happens. That's not, that's hear when when fingering. It's like very pokey. Yeah. I that's, call it hedgehogging and I'm like, <laughs> do not
2: hedgehog my cervix. Nobody that needs that. Sub. No one wants that. Get out of
1: here with those pointy ass fingers. <laughs> we really go in for the article. We we lay it all out. But, you know, it's it's all this stuff that is intuitive as a woman, I feel like. And, dude, sometimes you're just like, I don't know why you thought that would feel good, but it doesn't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think the ramp up is frequently way too quick. Yes, we're like, what are you doing? It's not even ready.
0: So this massage you got was like 60 plus, 70 minutes. So like,
1: how was it having more time to really just like be in that place? I unfortunately was a little late for my happy ending massage because we were at an <laughs> S&M club prior. Uh, <laughs> it was a whole night. It was a whole night. You guys uh, listened to it on the podcast, <laughs> but um, we... Yeah. So I think I was probably at least 15 minutes late. Uh, but you shower at the beginning so that it eats into a little bit of your time. You each take a separate shower. And then I think I probably missed out on more of the massage because we got kind of right into things. So how was your breakdown? Um, uh, so yeah, we did the
2: separate showers in the beginning. Um, which is a really great touch for like many, mm-hmm. many reasons, but also just makes you feel kind of nice and sexy. Also, I was like, should I shave my pussy for my prostitute? <laughs> and then I did. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be the best customer I can
1: be. Well, he was waiting.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just had to clean up a little. I wasn't like full bushing it. You know? <laughs> That's quick. That would for me, that would be like a long time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I wasn't full bush in it. It was just <laughs> just a little edge trim. Yeah, like if I had I'm, to
0: do quarantine
2: prep for the massage, it would eat up the whole hour. Oh, right now, I'm like a fucking Bob Ross chia pet. Like that <laughs> is not uh, tenable. It's but who doesn't love Bob Ross? <laughs> he is uh, the father <laughs> we've all wanted.
1: <laughs> I wonder and if there are ever like temp- to think about when they look at my vagina. I wonder if they're ever tempted to charge a double though. If it's like a real situation, they're like, I don't know. That's this is above and beyond the usual rate. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what they would charge extra for. But uh,
2: yeah, mine was like, so after the shower, basically he told me to lay face down on the bed. And then I was like, classic man. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> and then
2: he, uh, he like took the oil out and kind of just grazed my whole body. And then kind of spent a bunch of time on my ass and back, just like grazing. It's not really massage. And then uh, he did this butterfly kisses thing with the tips of his fingertips, just kind of fluttery all over and makes all of your nerves tingle. It's like a really great move. Makes you
1: nip out, kind (laughs) of.
2: Yeah, totally. And then uh, he did this like kissing, sucking thing down my body. And Courtney's dude did the same to her. So it's like, these are two of the patented techniques that they're taught, you know, (laughs) by the guy. So we call him the clit commander. So the clit commander basically teaches that anyway. And then <laughs> he, flipped, he flipped me over, tastefully covered my tits, uh, gently nibbled on my vagina. And then it was just like toy city. It was like a clit sucker. It was like a dildo. It was like other dildos. Coast, how did yours break down for toys?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so fat because I saw her toys on the bed when I <laughs> came in at the end. So I got to compare she definitely had more toys than me and it seemed like more aggressive toys th- than I did but it was fine i i was still happy with my experience and i was actually shocked about the little pussy nibbling i mean it wasn't like they fu- they full out ate us out i mean which sounds exhausting It's like a little tease. That sounds like an upcharge for sure. Yeah. It was just just like a little (laughs) taste. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I was like, that is a very intimate thing to include in the service. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah.
0: And do they put condoms on the toys? Do they clean the toys? Are you just like, who cares?
2: Yeah. We didn't ask a lot of questions. We probably should have asked. We were very <laughs> stupid, but I knew, but I know all the toys had condoms that he put on then, and then. Did they? Disposed of, yeah,
1: pretty positive. I didn't see any condoms near your toys, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, he, his little
2: setup was pretty self-contained. It's kind of like a duffel bag,
1: or not a duffel bag, okay. what was yeah, my guy had a yeah. gift bag, which is hilarious. <laughs> it was like he was coming to a birthday party or something with all these sex toys. Uh, but I, I think they, have- if they like pick up
0: on your vibes and they're like, oh, Sophia seems like the person who, like, I should bring out these aggressive toys on. And like, Courtney, maybe the softer
1: toys. <laughs> which is not correct. I like uh, I oh, like, like intense to be Yeah. I, we both have the same favorite uh, vibrator. So... He misjudged. Yeah, I was going to say that was a
2: miscalculation on his part. She looks all delicate, but she can really be handled roughly.
1: I will say, uh, I, I, I could have got a free lay out of the deal. Yeah, her dude was like, I would totally
2: put my penis in you. No? Okay. All right. That's fine. My dude, again, very respectful, covered my titties. Uh, I could feel his respectful boner the whole time, but he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, with I it. love
1: the boner. The boner is key. It makes you feel hot. You're like, exactly. It's all like right. very
2: sweet. I'm like, oh, so like, just so I know you would. Okay.
1: Cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but is it like, where is it? You're just like, oh, I noticed that it's there. Or is it like you feel it graze on your arm? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it graze on your back or when. <laughs>
2: flip you over graze on your legs yes
0: that's sometimes been a dream of mine when i'm getting a regular massage where i'm like i just want to know
2: oh yeah yeah. just i think um be confident in the fact that probably yes they do have a daughter
1: (laughs) yeah i think you can safely assume but also you will feel it somewhere on your body i promise you and uh yeah my i knew the sex thing i knew because uh he was pretty clearly ready to mount me and i was like whoa whoa if you could just just stand back, <laughs> let's do the other stuff. <laughs> How was the communication? Well, they—I mean—they don't speak English. I don't think anyone at this agency. The one guy that yeah, Hiroko no inter, interviewed, yeah, but nobody that was on that night or whatever spoke English. So the oh. the owner of the agency that Hiroko was DMing with was like, is it okay if they just speak with their bodies? (laughs) It was (laughs) the funniest
2: line. He's like, no, they don't speak English. But I think... (laughs) <laughs> their bodies can speak the language or something yeah. like that. And then um here feel sufficient so, though for you guys, like the, the yeah, body language I didn't even try to talk to my guy other than like I said like thank you and then like <laughs> you first. And then you, you know, we didn't say a lot. He said like five words and they're all the right words. It was like thank you, very sexy. I was like, great, shower, <laughs> you first. That's all. That's all you really need. And then um I think like I think he uh I think the setting it up was easier through our friend who was Japanese. Yeah, like, totally. We didn't have to actually write anything. She wrote in Japanese being like, my friends want this. They're at this hotel. Um, this, you know, they're looking for a 70 minute thing, whatever, that kind of thing. So she just basically got all the info between us. Good friend. Yes, totally. But fun. it
1: seems like you would be able to email and figure it out, you know, using Google Translate or whatever, if you had to do it on your own. Don't let that yeah. stop you. Not no, having a not at all.
2: Friend. And you can choose the guy off the website, but we just asked for like two of their best and brightest, but you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and it sounds like they delivered. They totally um, delivered. Yeah. Did you learn any new
0: things about what you liked or about your body or the experience?
2: Um maybe I feel like the fact that I could come with a stranger four times in 70 minutes and that it felt good and it you know it did feel different from doing it myself, but also felt different from sex, so it was just kind of like a new a new, new
1: a new way. thing, yeah. yeah. It felt like it felt like we've been on this kind of path of exploration or just like opening our minds in this way anyway over the last several years. And so it's felt like a natural step to me. Um and I didn't I tried not to overthink it, because I tend to do that. <laughs> so I tried to stay really in the moment and uh it was it was a little different, but I mean, yeah, I mean, so so erotic in in ways that I was not even expecting
0: but that sounds like a good reminder of just like the different capacities of pleasure that like our bodies can have and experience and with like different people in different settings and Mm -hmm. like there's always new routes to figure out
2: yeah totally and I would say like I it just made us be like this should be a a service and legal like everywhere. I think it would really cut down on a lot of people's stress levels. I think it's so affordable. It cost us like what? 120 bucks. I think
1: we're in relationships now and it was awesome. But I mean, I can imagine in some of the times when I've been single and didn't necessarily want to be, and just kind of craved that, that kind of touch and attention and a way that can't really get from a Tinder hookup, or yeah. you know, and so I think, oh my god, if I would have done it during that stage of my life, it would have been even more amazing in all these other ways. Think about how many terrible one night
2: stands you can avoid if yes. all you wanted to do was come and you could, and you're done in 70 minutes. And it's only cost you $120. That's an insane thing to think about because even going to a bar, which would lead you to have your one night stand or whatever, like you're going to probably drop more money on that. You're probably going to regret it. You're going to be, do you know what I mean? This is like, you can do this shit sober and it feels great. So I mean, it's custom. They're paying attention to
0: your body. Like they're taking their time. I mean, it's so thoughtful. (laughs)
1: Yeah, totally. And we we got an hour or 70 minutes or whatever it was, but uh, you can actually get a session where they're with you for multiple hours or whatever. So, you know, if you were single and you wanted to cuddle at the end or whatever, you know, you could you could get that done.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you can hire them for as long, as much money as you have. You can hire them for as long as you want. I do wonder how many, like, comes you could possibly get in one night. (laughs) You should take me up on the challenge, whoever.
0: When we're able to travel again, or better yet, how do we get this here? Like, what, why do you think this is legal there? And it's not something that's here. That's a good question.
2: I think Courtney brought it up earlier in terms of what our friend said about shame, shame based culture versus guilt based culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, America is a Judeo Christian values based country. And I feel like there's quite a bit of shame attached to wanting just pleasure and considering, you know, abstinence only education is a thing, you know, like, we're not exactly comfortable knowing that people just like to get off. And I think that really scares people, especially if it's women and if women can just get off whenever they want, like what the fuck is going to happen to men or whatever, you know, that's kind of, I think the thinking of behind being afraid of something like this, instead of seeing it as a way for like women to actually, uh, live better, more fulfilling, healthier lives.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. Cause we are too super feminist sex-positive podcasters who specifically seek out, you know, these kinds of ideas and experiences. And we had all these misconceptions about it going into it. And it truly was a foreign concept for us. That's why we had to go to another country to do it. So I don't know. I feel like maybe uh, it's something that could start in like Nevada and grow from there, but I mean, that's kind of why we're evangelizing about it because it is a big deal. It's such a big deal for women to feel like they can be in control of their pleasure in that way and that they're worthy of, you know, having that kind of attention. So ladies do it.
2: And then Corney and I were also talking about how there's so much sexual trauma. You could help yourself heal when you're having an interaction like this on your terms and I think being touched in a way that is like an expert way that is um, just about maximizing your um, good feelings and nothing else. I think that yeah, can with be,
1: limits and boundaries. So corrective.
2: Yeah. yeah I think we actually, really
1: we actually know we, a former guest on our podcast, uh, I saw a post of that. She wrote as we were coming back, the timing was kind of, crazy that she was talking about sexual trauma that she'd been through and how she started getting happy ending massages and she is a sex worker and how healing it was for her to get this done. And I was like, yes. Oh my God. That makes so much sense. Um Honestly, I wish it was something that was available to me after I'd been through some of the traumatic experiences that I've been through because it totally it gives you an opportunity to like reclaim your sense of sexuality again. Oh, I love
0: that. Well, I mean, you guys should start the place, the Private Parts Unknown Massage Parlor. Like, I <laughs> yes, would definitely pay uh, to be there.
2: Holy <laughs> shit,
0: that is, or at least a
2: pop-up. Way harder to run than the Etsy business we have <laughs> failed to 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 run.
1: Tough <laughs> to do socially distanced erotic True.
2: massages
1: for sure.
0: Though I did see an article of a girl who like configured this plastic contraption so she could hug her mom. So if that's possible, oh. which is very sweet, you know, we could have, I guess, like glory hole versions of safe for safe for quarantine massage
2: happy endings, maybe. I feel like the scientists should be working on that Maybe yes. as much as the vaccine. Right. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, what, what you were that saying.
0: Faster, Jesus. But what you were saying before, like the fact that I mean, we live in a culture in the U S where like women's pleasure and health is often not even covered by insurance or any of that stuff. So like, yeah, I mean, I could see this just either being super expensive or just being something that like, yeah, only like rich white people can access or whatever, as opposed to something that everyone could benefit from. That's like a human right for everyone who has a vagina.
1: I wonder what kind of cultures it would, you know, because a lot of rich white people have fucked up religious stuff going on in their heads and indoctrination. So I am curious who it would catch on with. Uh, But fuck man. Yeah. It should be available. What I was thinking is, um, you
2: know, like in American culture, the concept of retail therapy is like a thing that exists where, you know, like if you feel bad, you know, spend some money on yourself or, and you know, just buy whatever and you'll feel better, right. Go shopping. It's and all disembodied I think, stuff. Like, I think it's like more more about being distracted from being in the moment or whatever. And I feel like,
1: yeah,
2: um, getting someone to pleasure you on your terms is actually like the opposite of that. It's being really, really present in your body. And I feel like maybe if we geared our culture towards like, yeah, I'd rather spend that a hundred dollars on coming than you know buying myself something that I probably didn't need. I think that might go a long way towards us starting to be less like, you know, Bridget. Yes.
1: Uh, It is capitalist though, you know? So I feel like we should all get behind. Our country should be more behind selling sex. Don't you think we're behind selling everything else? Oh, I mean, absolutely.
0: And I totally agree with you about the disembodied thing. I think our culture is more about like, let me find something so I can totally dissociate and distract myself. Whereas this is like, let me get back to my body and really try to like be in my body, which for a lot of people who aren't sex positive podcasters, like might be really difficult.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, one of the things about obviously letting someone do this to you is you're letting someone do this to you. And that like feeling of trust and intimacy, Um, of course, doesn't come naturally to women. We are, you know, more abused uh, by men than, you know, anybody. And most of the time it's our intimate partners. So letting somebody in that close to you and just trusting that they're there to make you feel good is like a very crazy thing to allow. So that's why if you're listening to it and you're like, I can't imagine it. Like, yeah, I understand
1: how that can be scary, but highly recommend it. But can you imagine the wildfire that it could start? Because you know, if women are buying oh, women, <laughs> yeah, if women are buying experiences like this, it's seriously like, okay, no, you do need to pay for birth control, and you know, all those conversations I think could start to follow or be more empowered if women were like, you know what, we're worth, we're worth it, and we deserve it, and put that sex toy on my pussy. <laughs> uh. In Um, the
0: history books, it will go down as the uh, Private Parts Unknown podcast, who got a happy ending in Japan, and now birth control is always paid for. Oh my
1: god, (laughs) we we would love
0: love that to be our legacy. legacy. That would be (laughs) the most incredible legacy of all time, holy crap. Well, you're already creating such an awesome legacy, and I want people to be able to, to find and follow what you're doing, so how can people... Um, Check out all of your episodes, follow your sexcapades, which are maybe a little different now that we can't
1: travel, but still, I'm sure, really helpful and wildly entertaining. You can find the podcast, Private Parts Unknown, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, We just dropped our Tokyo series, and we're also catching up now with people that we've interviewed in the past around the world who are going through Corona and we're, asking, we're talking to them about how it's impacting their relationships, going through the lockdown, how it's impacting their own selves psychologically. And that's a really interesting series, I think. And Soph, what else are we doing in the bedroom? I mean, when we're gonna
2: not be so sad, we're gonna do our quarantine challenge, uh, which is our Kama Sutra quarantine challenge. We're just trying to like go through these two Kama Sutra books you can find, and we posted them on uh, Instagram to try to like make sex uh, fun again with your partner instead of just spiral further down into the misery that is the pandemic <laughs> um and if you don't want to hear about that you should listen to our mexico city series which was really fun too and our helsinki series
1: yeah uh and we are at private parts on on twitter we're at private parts unknown on instagram uh i am at courtney kosak k-o-c-a-k on everything and, and stuff is at the sophia uh, <laughs> yeah, that's T H
2: E S O F I Y A. Sophie, yeah.
1: Um the Is, Sophia on
2: Twitter and Instagram.
1: Isn't it kind of hard to g- get it up during the quarantine? Are you how sexual are you feeling, Nicoletta? Interesting. Well, myself not super
0: sexual, but I do have some clients um who are like sort of getting off on it. Um like there are a smaller percentage of people that I'm noticing who really seem to flourish sexually when things are stressful. So they use mm-hmm. it as like a coping thing and they're like, Oh, a crisis is happening. Like I'm super turned. Um, and so like, that's, let me, let's fuck it out. Yeah, pretty much. So like people are into that, but for me, I think it definitely has to be like created and invited in and like put effort into it for sure.
2: I think it's easier for me to have that kind of attitude when I'm like single, but mm-hmm. when you're with a long-term partner, I think it's a little bit, harder to fuck it out or at least if unless that's your dynamic because I've also been in relationships where like when you fight that's how you make up but like my husband is like too nice a person he's like I'm hurt why would I want to make love right now I'm like (laughs) gross don't say make love to me
1: (laughs) yeah it is hard I feel like to be in I mean I have this dynamic with my dude that is very healthy during normal times but it's just like the stress of this is so much that it's just hard to think anything is hot, but we're going to try, and we are going to do that quarantine challenge as much for ourselves as for everyone else. Very, very it's soon, for America. Okay, we're fucking for America now. <laughs> well, I don't know if
0: it's something that you've talked about on your podcast, but the difference between like spontaneous and responsive desire. Oh no! So basically, there are some people, usually more testosterone-driven folks, but I think during a pandemic, whatever it could be different, but spontaneous is more like you know the wind blows or like my dog winked at me and now I have a boner and like I'm just ready to fuck and responsive is more like I don't feel desire until we're already like engaging in some kind of erotic activity and I know that the dishes are done and the pets are gone and like all this stuff has to happen first before you're even like open to getting turned on and so I think a lot of us are definitely more in the like responsive space right now and so not not the, not in a rapey way that you should like force yourself to have sex, but I think you got to figure out what kind of sex is worth having and then do some activities that are either sexually like redefining sex and then doing erotic activities that are planned and then remembering like how you feel afterwards and like, did that feel good? And do you like remember that that was nice? Um, but I think it has to be more scheduled spontaneity.
1: Ah, smart shit. You need to come on our podcast and teach us how to get it together. Yeah,
2: how to fucking get it together in the core. We can be like... (laughs) Me too.
1: (laughs) Jesus. I'm still working
0: on it myself, so um, we can get it together together.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Anyway, like, again,
0: that. if you if you want to follow what I'm doing at Sluts and Scholars, you can follow me on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Slut Scholars. And if you have questions and or recommendations for people who do happy endings um, in the States, <laughs> send me an email at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And don't
1: forget to rate and review.